Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 403. My name's Adam Patterson. With me today, we've got Kevin Rakestraw. Hey, Kevin. Hey, hi. This week on the show, we'll be taking a look at Godzilla vs. Kong. And we'll also be going over some of what we're watching on the watch list and going over this week's new releases on VOD and Blu-ray. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Please remember to review us on iTunes if you get a moment. That would be super helpful. Nothing to go over as far as housekeeping. We are formulating our theme for this month's Saved by the 90s. I'm pretty excited about it because I believe that we just nailed down our theme. I'm not going to give it away just yet. All right, let's dive in to this movie. We're talking about Godzilla vs. Kong. It's directed by Adam Wingard. Did you know that? I forgot that. No, I forgot. Like, I did know it. But then you forgot. But then... And then I forgot. And then when the movie started, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Wingard. Get move, moving on up, man. I remember when I first saw, uh, what was uh, A Horrible Way to Die? That was, that was when I first, that was the first movie I, that I, I saw of his. It makes me remember that I think what I remember him from is the cinematographer for Swanberg's Marriage Material. Mm-hmm. Going from that to Godzilla versus Kong. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it's just, it's so bizarre. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, he had a, it, it's been a nice climb. It's been a nice trajectory. I mean, like each one of his movies has been like progressively more, like, I don't, I don't want to say mainstream, but it is kind of like a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger, like going from your next to the guest to Blair Witch. And then to Death Note, like Death Note was awful, but it was, you know, cer- certainly had, it seemed to have a pretty big budget. That was the Netflix one. And then finally, you know, Godzilla versus Kong. Now he's in the, uh, the monster verse. Now you saw, I, I remember we reviewed the, I think it was the 2014 Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> on here. And I remember yes. you liked it. Yes, I did. And yeah. we did not review the the one from 20 was it 19 2019 the yeah Godzilla King of the Monsters now yeah. I, I did see that I believe I did talk about it on the show I didn't like it in fact I hated it uh but we're back now with the the third entry in the Godzilla one the Godzilla series and it's it's tying in obviously the the, the Kong movies now you didn't see any of the Kong movies right or did you? No, and that was the thing that I realized because early on, uh, it's it was made pretty evident to me that like I'm missing some stuff. Like, I, yeah, I probably would have helped if I if I watched some of the but, new. But, but the the other thing that I realized is I've never w- watched a King Kong anything. Like, I don't know shit. You've about never King seen Kong. a single King Kong movie. Nothing. Wow. Nothing. I just know that like at one point he was on top of a skyscraper with a woman. Oh my god! Hand. That's like that's it. That's all I know. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, all right. So, so yeah, I was a little bit lost here and there, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you don't really need, I mean, this, this no, is a movie that, so they do bring back some characters from the, the previous Godzilla movie, but the human aspect of this movie is a complete afterthought. Like who, who cares? Who cares about the yeah. human story? Really? Right. I mean, I don't, I don't 
really care about the human story in Godzilla versus Kong. I care about an epic fight between Godzilla and King Kong. That's what I signed up yeah. for. And mm-hmm. to me, it delivered big time. I, I had a blast with this movie. I think that it achieves exactly what it sets out to do. It is a big, brash, dumb fight movie with these two giant monsters. And I had a great time with it. Interesting. I did not. I was, I, it's, it was weird because it, it, up until the end, obviously. And I knew that it was going to like kind of build towards that. Oh yeah. Don't, but, yeah. Let's not spoil anything that happened because there's some surprises. Let's not go. Yeah. But like, I knew that it was going to build towards this, like this big set piece, you know, the fight that you were going to keep that towards the end on the, you know, on the back end of this thing. But man, up until that point, I got to say this movie is just really pretty boring. Like there's a lot of the human stuff and none of it works really. I mean, some of it does. I did appreciate the uh, Brian Tyree Henry portion of it. Even that, even I like him. I like him too. uh, But even that to me, I thought was, I I was kind of annoyed. Like his character annoyed me. And, and I was and really like, oh, excited. Uh, yeah, I was really excited for uh, Julian Dennison's character. Um, you may know him from Hunt for the Wilder People, and he was in Deadpool 2, and he was great in that. And I was really excited that he was in this movie. I'm like, oh, man, he's going to be in there providing some comic relief. He's going to be... They do nothing with his character. Like, mm. his character is so bland. Yeah. But here's the thing. Like... I agree. I think all the human stuff sucks. Like I, 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 I could have done without all of it. The only human portion of it that I thought was even remotely interesting was with the little girl and how yeah. she can, she has a bond with Kong and she can communicate with him. I liked that whole storyline. All the rest of it I could have done without, especially because I love, I love how they bring back in Kyle Chandler into this like he's doing anything. He he literally does nothing in this movie. <laughs> like he's just he serves, I love, he serves no purpose. Yeah. And I love any time that he's kind of like shown in the opening credits, because I know right away that he's gonna play a guy that's just trying to do his job. Just he's trying his best and he's under a lot of stress. And that's exactly what he does here. And he's completely pointless. And I think that that's the problem is that the, the human aspect of this movie, which takes up a lot of this movie, like a lot. There's not a whole lot of fighting. There's I, not a whole lot of Godzilla versus Kong. There's yeah. a little time you fight in the ocean, and then there's nothing until the end. I I um I don't know. I I think that uh, I think there's enough. There was enough for me. Enough for the uh, fight scenes. Not. I mean the 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 clash between Godzilla and Kong. Yeah, they had like two main fights, but there's a, I think that there's other stuff in in there too where they're it, it's very Kong focused. Uh, so mm-hmm. we we get to see Kong fighting some other creatures and stuff, and I, I thought that that was all fine. And then you know there's there's some other big fights at the end as well, which I liked. I liked the big final fight um, a lot too. That it was. You know, I, I had a feeling that there was going to be some surprises thrown in there, some fan service, and I, I really enjoyed what they did. And this is very clearly a movie made 
by fans for fans. I think that there's an there's enough in here that fans of kaiju movies will will have a lot of fun with it. I think that it you just absolutely have to go into it knowing that uh, the, the human story is just it's nothing. It's so bland and dumb that uh, when I think that that was, that's that's kind of what I was I was moving towards. I was getting there is like it's bad enough that you know the, you have this human the human portion of it takes up so much and you know going into it that it's not going to be that greatly written you know it's a kaiju movie it's, there's not going to be a, a great investment in the human aspect of this understandable but i think the thing that makes it worse that and compounds the fact is that a lot of these human characters are just really bland i mean Kyle Chandler, super bland. Uh, Julian Dennison's character, just super bland. Like, why get him in that role if that's all you're going to do? Alexander Skarsgård, as always, just, uh, to me, like, the blandest guy in movies. I just, everyone is so bland. Besides, except for me, the only ones that weren't bland were Brian Tyree Henry and Millie Bobby Brown. And like you said, I did did like the, the... where they took it with the the Gia, the little girl, mm-hmm. and her, you know, Kaylee. Kaylee Hoddle. Hoddle. Yeah. But man, everything is so much of this is just bland. And I was just, for the runtime, I just, re- I was really feeling that runtime. And I'm like, I just, just meet up and fight, would you? I mean, just keeping it, I think keeping it under two hours is the best we can hope for with a movie like this. I mean, I, like, I think it's like the, any Hollywood movie now. <laughs> I mean, the fact the fact that it wasn't two and a half hours, I looked at that as a plus. I mean, because almost yes. all of these yep. movies are pushing two and a half hours, and the fact that they did keep the runtime under two, I thought was <laughs> was a, a a very very good thing. Uh, yeah, it was, because it, it, if it was, yeah, I mean, if it was longer, it certainly would have worn out its its welcome. Um, I think that you just really quickly touching on the Kyle Chandler thing the reason I'm pretty sure the reason that he's even in it at all is because it would have been weird for for them to have Millie Bobby Brown's character in there and not yeah, have Kyle yeah. Chandler's character in there so they, they just I think needed to bring him in just to kind of show like oh yeah he's like still alive like he's still around and he's he's her dad so you know he's trying to get after her I think the way that they did it was not it was a little messy, certainly. Like it just did that didn't it didn't really work. I, I liked the whole kind of you know one of the one of the things that I like a lot about the the Japanese Godzilla movies is the sort of overt political messaging that a lot of them have. Um, be it like an environmental thing or a, a war thing or governmental thing. And with the US ones, they usually strip away any kind of like messaging behind it and that's pretty much the case here i mean you have a little bit of a whole kind of mad scientist thing going on with damian bashir but of course none of that is really i mean it's so surface level it's it's not really even worth discussing really it's just an excuse to lead to the end the big climax just looking at the technical aspects of it thought the cg was pretty solid i mean it's not the best i've ever seen but it's i thought it was was good i like the design of kong uh he looks pretty similar to how he did in 
Skull Island, Kong Skull Island, uh, which I really yeah. liked. I really liked Skull Island, by the way. That's the one that takes place in the 70s, and it's, it's basically like, uh, it's like a remake of Apocalypse Now, but with King Kong. It's pretty awesome. And I like the design of Godzilla, too. I thought the Godzilla looked really good. I liked all the sound design. Uh, the fact that they incorporated in Godzilla's theme song in it in some kind of new ways. They, like, remixed the Godzilla theme. I'm still waiting for them to play the Faramash song. Like, why... why? Why won't, why won't they ever do that? I think they should definitely play the Pharaoh song. I don't know. Ugh. I feel like it's a missed opportunity. Like, play it in the end credits or something, you know? Especially, like, especially in this movie, because this movie is, like, not... It's not a comedy by any, any stretch, but it's, like, much less serious than some of the other ones. Like, there's there's, like, even some comedic bits between Godzilla and Kong, like, during the fights. You know, like, one of the things that I thought was more slightly interesting about this was that uh, the two of them had very distinct personalities in this. They weren't just sort of mindless monsters. Like, you could see them working things out and thinking, and they had a lot of expressions, and especially Kong. I mean, Kong was... They made him a lot more intelligent, and Kong was always intelligent, but they... they, uh, gave him an opportunity to, to like show off the fact that he could like use strategy and stuff like that in his fights. And I liked all that stuff. I liked the, you know, like the scene when they're like screaming in each other's faces and stuff like that. Yeah. I thought that the fights themselves were really satisfying, really fun, uh, just completely badass for the most part. And one of the biggest gripes I had with the last Godzilla movie really the other one too is that all the fights took place at night in the rain and you couldn't see a goddamn thing. Yeah. Most of these movie, most of the fight scenes in this movie take place during the day and you can actually see shit. And even the big fight scene that there's a big fight scene that happens in Hong Kong, which I thought looked awesome because it's like they might've overdone a little bit with the neon, but I still thought it was, was pretty cool. I did. I did appreciate though that it started in the daytime and went into the night. Yeah. So they they had that kind of like transition. Yeah. Which I thought was nice. Even <laughs> even that nighttime, so, that nighttime fight scene, because there were so many like city lights and stuff, it you could still see everything. Like everything was still visible. Unlike uh, the the last Godzilla movie, where every fight was in the ocean at night in the rain, and you just you couldn't make out anything that was going on. Like, you know that there's a cool fight scene happening, but you just can't see it. And uh, I don't know. It was just so frustrating to me because it's not like the original Godzilla movies ever did that. Like they, they were pretty much all during the day, you know, no, it's just, it seems like that's the like lighting in movies. Now it's just like non-existent. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I, if I feel like that's a Hollywood way of just like, okay, we'll just mask everything. We'll make it dark and rainy and you won't be able to see. And that way people can't complain about it. And yeah. Mask. I, I think that we, that we don't know what we're doing anymore. It does feel like a, a cheat. You know, it does. It does feel like they're trying to pull one over on the audience. You got to wonder if like, you know, several decades from now when, cause like if, if you like there's movies now that when they were shot, like let's say movies that were shot in the early eighties, or in the 70s, 
they weren't really considering things like high definition. So like when you watch it now, like when you watch Terminator, you can see like Arnold's wiener flapping around when in in the scene when he first <laughs> lands, and like and like the scene there. I, I, uh, one of my favorite horror movies, Sleepaway Camp. There's a scene when they use one character as a stand-in for the killer, but in high def, you could just see that it's that that character, and it makes the and it completely breaks the movie because n- nothing makes any sense after that. <laughs> Um, oh, so I'm wondering if they'll do something if something like that will happen. Probably not, but I'm just it'd be kind of funny if something like that did happen. And when you watch like Godzilla when it's fighting <laughs> at night, and it's just like blocks and shapes. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's just a cardboard box costume. <laughs> that would be funny if that's what happens. Is with like these get remastered thirty, forty years down the road. Because they seem to have that issue now too. A lot of times, a lot of these remasters, they for some reason they kind of do it in this like piss yellow, like color tone, like that kind of hue over the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're going to be like, okay, we're going to brighten up all these movies from the 2020s, and then you know they just make them absolutely even worse. Mm-hmm. I, could see, I could see it happening. It'd be like, uh, yeah, it would, it would be like when they. Um remaster the animated the disney animated movies and increase the frame rate and everything looks so freaking weird and awful uh anyway uh yeah back to to godzilla and kong uh a i was a little bit uh confused at times not knowing anything about kong and it being pretty kong uh focused you know i was figuring you know in the building godzilla comes first i thought this was going to be more of a godzilla movie but and I think that was a thing that kind of disappointed me a little bit is like, there's not a whole lot of Godzilla. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was expecting going in. Cause obviously I haven't seen King Kong, which I think you can glean from that, that I don't really have an interest in King Kong, you know, for the, the 36 years I've been alive, I've never sought out any of those movies. So I think that was the thing that was disappointing for me. There wasn't enough fighting for me. And I don't know. I, I didn't really, enjoy the fight scenes too much honestly mm, that's un- that's unfortunate i i enjoyed it I, th- I thought that the fight scenes were really fun i agree though uh i'm more of a fan of godzilla than i am kong i've seen a lot of the godzilla movies i have that incredible criterion yeah. box set which I, di- I, di- I didn't finish it by the way i i got like probably more than halfway through but i didn't I didn't finish all of them, but yeah, I'm, I'm a bigger fan of Godzilla for sure. And I was a little bit disappointed that there wasn't as much Godzilla. This is a very Kong focused movie. And I also get that like Kong is more of a, a, a good guy. Like there, Kong has more personality and he has a stronger connection to humans. So I, so I can kind of understand that, but I also think that, you know, uh, Godzilla can be a good guy too. Let let Godzilla be a good guy. Yeah. So I, yeah, <clears throat> I'd still I'd still recommend it. I think it's the fact that it's on HBO Max. I think is makes it an easy recommend. Although I kind of wish I would have seen this in the theater. I think it would have been a lot more fun in the theater, getting those like D box yeah, seats or whatever. Four D X would have helped a little bit with the spectacle of it all. Yeah, I think so. All right, let's go ahead and give it a score. I'm sitting at around a six on this one. 
What are you going to give it? Mm. Mm. I'm going to give it a three. Three. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. Yeah, Kevin, just... Kevin fucking hated Kong Godzilla versus Kong, people. It's just a lot of things going against it. You know, I've found out that I was right in my, my assumption that I wouldn't like King Kong. You know, that, that that's why I've never really had interest in him. And I'm right. Like, I don't really like King Kong. Honestly, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of King Kong either. It's to be clear, boring, like, I, I wasn't... I've seen the original one. I saw, I saw the original one in the theater. There was, like, a repertory screening, and I saw it. And, like, I just... Yeah, I... I'm not. I'm not just not a fan. I didn't really like the Peter Jackson one that much. I, I also I liked Skull Island, but that felt like a different kind of movie. I'm also. I don't know what it is about Skarsgård. He just. Well, he was a oh wet noodle goodness. on this. He's just. He is. He's ambient in human form. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like if he shows up. I'm just like, this is the. Oh my god. I like him. But yeah, he, I mean his his character was just so, blah in this. Like he has no charisma. And, and then there's there's some characters like uh, Isa Gonzalez, where it's just like, why? Oh, Lance Reddick was in this. I don't even remember seeing Lance yeah, Reddick. Yeah, just he was just at the end. Oh, was he? Kyle Chandler gets oh, the home call. Okay. He's like, oh, hey, we got it set that. up. What do you want to do? But um, yeah, Gonzalez, like that's. She seems to be in every movie now. Like her agent is just she had a good run. Yeah. So like every movie I seem to put on, she pops up. She's. I, I feel like she's got. She's, she's got a little bit to learn. She's got to. She's got to work on her craft a little bit. But yeah, I mean, she's uh, like looking at she's her. Better card. Yeah. Well. I'd probably put them on the same level, honestly. But yeah, she's she's had a really really good run lately. It's just again, I mean, even her like the thing is like they they pack in so many characters in these movies. Like that's that's the solution. Like that's the remedy for this yeah. is to to put more characters in. <laughs> like why don't you, why don't you keep it to like three characters and then just work on those characters. But I think they look at it as like, okay, instead of having a character that, you know, can embody, you know, different facets of a personality, we'll just have more people and they'll each embody one dimension of personality. Yeah. Well, and, and, and the, other, way, the other thing is like all of these, all of these movies are structured in the same way where you have sub, like you have pockets of characters and each of them is on their own little adventure so that we can mm-hmm. frantically cut back and forth between all yeah. of these little side plots so that everything can come together at the end. But the, but the thing is like so often the side plots suck. So like every time they would cut to Millie Bobby Brown and Brian Tyree Henry's their story, I'm just like, Oh God, well, uh, the life just got sucked out of me again. Right. Right. When I was watching Godzilla, like, juice up and shoot shoot his radioactive breath all over the place then all of a sudden we cut over to millie bobby brown and brian tyree henry going in some kind of pod to hong kong like i give a shit about what they're doing (laughs) Uh, either way fights were fun to me so it's it's a light a light recommend like i haven't watched a ton of godzilla movies or kong movies so i don't really know but 
it it felt like the the fight sequences in here are it felt like Wingar was just kind of like translating like human fights mm-hmm. like what he normally because they felt like super brutal yeah. and like disgusting. You know, like Kong's like just smashing someone's skull on a rock and then like rips the head. Like you know what I mean? Like I, I would imagine I would see that in a in a, a human based horror movie. I'm not expecting that out of out of Kong and Godzilla. You like, yeah, you see like going a little bit overkill. You see more of that in the newer ones. So like in in King of the Monsters and um Skull Island, you you see a little bit of that happening. So I think that that's yeah, that's like kind of a newer thing. I mean, I'd still I I would be remiss if I didn't mention Shin Godzilla. If you guys haven't seen Shin Godzilla, please. Yeah, check, I think that's the please, problem too. Please check it out. I, I mean, I've seen that and I know that exists because I think that that was I was thinking the entire time. I'm just like I could be watching Shin Godzilla right now. God damn. It. I mean, I, I I'm I don't know if it's a controversial opinion or not, but I still think that that uh, Shin Godzilla is the best Godzilla. And yeah, you fucking, it's got, it's, it's got Wiggly Boy. There's a Wiggly Boy in there. The little fucking Wiggly guy. Are you kidding me? Wiggly boy. He is so exci- He's so excited. He's so happy. He doesn't understand, you know, the ramifications of his actions. He's just, he just wants to see the world, you know? And I will also like to plug Shin Ultraman that is coming hopefully this year. And I'm really excited for Shin Ultraman because I have a feeling that it, it's going to be pretty much the, it's going to be like the same movie, but just in Ultraman form. All right, let's talk about some more watching. Uh, Kevin, I think it's your turn this week. Tukibuki. Tukibuki. Did it. Finally. Crossed it off the list. I'm talking about this Got movie that. for 12 years. Yeah, exactly. So, you know what? I was like, I'm putting it, I'm putting it. I had to watch this goddamn Godzilla and Kong. I'm going to watch a movie I want to watch. And I'm finally going to do it. Uh, I picked this one because uh, Selena Julie Gobodin is far longer. So I wanted to make sure that I actually had a movie to talk about other than Godzilla and Kong on the podcast. So Tuki Buki, we knocked it out. Criterion Channel has it. This is, it's kind of uh, going into it. You know, I I was feeling that this was going to be like kind of lighthearted. I knew that there was going to be, you know, some, colonial context to it you know some it's definitely going to have a political undertones and everything but what i didn't realize is like this movie starts off with some uh animal slaughter like just full on you know uh, they're taking the cows to the slaughterhouse I hate that. and it's it's 70s slaughterhouse in senegal right and no, it's so just it's the brutal brutal like, kind yeah and the camera's just there it's just, it's just there, and I, it's understandable because they he uses that essentially as the metaphor throughout the movie, and I, you know, understand it. It's fine. It's just, it was fucking brutal to watch. Like, and that's, you know, how you're starting off, and it's just like, oh my god, like I couldn't watch it after a while. I just looked away. But essentially, it's just, it's lovers on the run in Senegal. This guy has uh, the the infamous motorcycle with the the cow skull in the front and his girlfriend is a, a student in senegal and they just decide like we we can't take this animal we got to go to france we got to go to paris so they start they start doing what they need to do in order to you know to scrounge up enough money to to get out of senegal and to 
try and start a new life in Paris. You know, and it's, you know, 1973. It's pretty straightforward. It's pretty light, except for the animal stuff, obviously. It's, it's got little flashes of experimental ideas in here. Uh, and overall, it just, it really worked for me. I was right going into it, you know, that kind of putting it off that I knew I was going to love it. So why bother? And I did. The only thing is, is I actually, I thought I was going to like love this movie and it's going to be his best, but I actually like Hyenas more. But Tukabuki is still, still a phenomenal movie. All right. That's Tukabuki. You can check that out on the Criterion channel. That's just fun to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's a fun movie to say. Uh, I saw The Empty Man. This is directed by David Pryor. Oh, yeah. I want to see this. This is an this is an interesting one, man. This is so. This came out in October of last year. Had zero marketing behind it at all. Like, I mean, it came out in theaters. It was it was only in theaters. So, 20th Century Fox just kind of dumped it there, or rather, Disney did because this was one of the last. I believe it was like one of the last movies that 20th Century Fox produced before they were bought by Disney, and. I just think that that they didn't know what the hell to do with this movie. It is 137 minutes long, so it's way longer than it has any right to be. It is a very bizarre horror movie that has like some kind of thriller elements in it. You know what it reminded me of actually was Kill List, the Wheatley film. Okay. It's got a little bit of, of that going on where there's like a mystery element and then all of a sudden, like, bam, there's like a little bit of a, a flip, a flip to it. And you're just like, whoa, what is going on here? There's like cults in here. And like, there's so much mm-hmm. going on in this movie. It is, uh, it's baffling. Like, I, I don't even know how to describe what's going on in The Empty Man. First of all, there's a 22 minute prologue before the title card uh-huh. even drops. Yes. Which is like everything which, that you're saying, it just sounds great. Which is actually awesome. I really I enjoyed what they did with the prologue. It's it, the prologue is almost a completely separate movie, by the way. It has completely separate characters, different location, different time period. Like everything is completely separate in the prologue than the main movie. You have James Badge Dale in here in uh, a starring role. I, I like James Badge Dale a lot, so I'm I'm happy that he was involved in this movie this is a debut from david Pryor. if you look him up on imdb he previously did bonus content on dvds so he's like do you remember that remember that fight club dvd that came out like back when dvds started really taking off and they started doing really creative things with dvds like the menus and stuff like that like he's the guy behind that fight club dvd and the seven DVD. Yeah. Cause it looks like he just does, he does a lot of stuff for Fincher movies. Yeah. So he was like, yeah. So he's like kind of, I think like a, like an apprentice or something, a student of, of David Fincher's. So he's worked with David Fincher a lot. So you, there's definite influence, Fincher influence in this movie, but and and it's you know it's it's dark. It's got a little bit of a creepy pasta vibe. When you see a title like The Empty Man, I think that that works against it because when you see The Empty Man, you think of Slender Man, you think of the Bye Bye Man, and all of these other awful mm-hmm. creepy pasta yeah. movies that have come out over the last few years. And there is an element of that, 
it starts out that way, but where it goes is is way different, and it's a bit convoluted. Like, there's no doubt about it. It gets very convoluted. You're just like, what the fuck? Yeah, I mean, no, and I think as soon as you say 137 minutes, I know. I'm like, well, it's definitely convoluted. Like, it needs to be. Yeah. Like, I don't. But I but gotta I say, I I, I like where I like where it went, and I mean, it's a bold movie, and it's it's not going to be for everyone. But this is a hundred percent a cult film, and I think that there's going to be a lot of people who find this movie and really love it. And I can I'll, I'll say it's like worth a a look. It's I give it like a light recommend. And again, it's called The Empty Man. I'm excited. Yeah, it's available. It's on VOD now, so you can you can give it a rent on VOD. VOD. I I have just a, a a like a story for you. I tried watching another movie on Tubi, finally, because I ended up getting a new TV because of Tubi, because my mom is obsessed with Tubi. <laughs> so she literally bought me, and she didn't tell me. She's just like, "Hey, you have a package coming." And I'm like, what What could the package be? And she's like, oh, you know what it is. I have no idea, right? And then the, the package comes. I'm at work. My wife texts me, and she's like, it's a TV. And I'm like, what the fuck? My mom bought me a TV. You got to be kidding me. And had it delivered to my house. All because she didn't. She knows that I don't have a smart TV. Or she doesn't. She asks me all the time, and I have to tell her all the time <laughs> that it's not a smart TV. And because of that, she thinks that I can't get Tubi, even though I continually tell her that I could get it on the PlayStation. I just choose not to. So she decided that I had to have Tubi. So she bought a TV and had it delivered to my house. So I'm no, I'm no longer, you know, utilizing that 10-year-old, like, 30-inch TV. I'm now up to, like, a 40-inch smart TV. Oh, boy. So... Not only that, the, the Tubi thing continued for weeks. She just kept asking me if I got Tubi yet because she bought me the TV specifically for that. So uh, I fucking downloaded Tubi, all right? Just to, just to get her off my back, essentially. So there's the movie that my wife wants to watch, and guess what? It's on Tubi. So I'm like, wow, I finally get to use Tubi, and I can tell my mom, and she's going to be so goddamn happy. So the movie's called Let It Snow from 2020. Directed by Stanislav Kaprikov. And it's a Georgian movie. It's a horror movie where this this woman is like on a, on a ski slopes. And there's this like mass snowmobile rider like killing people or whatever. I don't know. It sounds dumb, but I'm, I'm for it. Uh, so this is the thing with Tubi. So I got to say, this is my first experience with Tubi. And I can't recommend it. Because I start the movie, everyone's speaking Georgian, and there's no subtitles. <laughs> so right away, I'm like, well, this doesn't work. So I, you know, going through the options and everything, I find closed captioning for the, for the Tubi app. I'm like, great, here we go. Click it on. Start up the movie again. The narrator says something, and I get a little closed caption. It says, narrator speaking in Georgian. <laughs> That's it. That's all it says. And I'm just like, okay. Maybe I'm just not supposed to know what the narrator says. Fine. So, you know, it's a slow move and no one's really talking. Finally, a guy slides into a woman on the slopes and they start talking to each other. 
when the guy talks, it just in brackets, it says man. And when the woman talks in a bracket, it just says woman. And that's, <laughs> that's it. So incredible. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, what? So, I mean, if you're Georgian, I guess Tubi's, you can watch Let It Snow. That's great for you. But I got to say, my first experience with Tubi not going, it did not go well. I just don't like that they have awkward ad placement in there. Like they just, you'll be watching something on there and then it's just like an ad pops in like in the middle of a scene and that, that bothers me. Yeah. Yeah. They don't, they don't do a good job with placements. I do like that. They give you the heads up that they're like, Hey, it's going to be an ad break in eight seconds. I thought that was nice. I, I, I think it's so funny that your mom really loves Tubi. Like, out of all of the people, like who, like is she the? Maybe there's like a there's a big Tubi fan base, but to me, it seems like she's the only person in the world who just really loves Tubi. And it's it yeah, and she does because every time because she literally you know I showed you the text message where yeah. it's like you literally bought me a TV. Yeah. Just because of Tubi, you got to be kidding me. And she was like, you got to get Tubi. And then like, you know, the next day she was like, did you set up your TV yet? Did you download Tubi? And I'm like, Jesus Christ, fine. So I set up the TV, you know, two days later I talked to her. She's like, did you get Tubi yet, by the way? And I'm just like, you got to be kidding me with this Tubi. (laughs) Most popular movies on Tubi, Blood Diamond, Tyler Perry's Medea's Tough Love. That's, uh, looks like an animated Movie Queen of the Damned, Problem Child, Cradle to the Grave, and The Intruders. So that's what yeah, we're dealing with on Tubi. But the, the surprising thing, you know, which I love this with Letterboxd, if you, you know, go into your watch list or whatever and you use that service, they actually do have some stuff buried in there. Like they have some surprising movies that are on there. But it seems like they just got them in th- like with Let It Snow, they got a, maybe they didn't realize that it was a Georgian movie and they just threw it on there. They're like, perfect. This is a horror movie. Not realizing that no one can watch it unless you speak Georgian. I think what they do is they they strike deals with different companies and they get the right, the streaming rights to like a package of like a hundred movies and they just dump it. You know, yeah. they just they just dump it on their service and then that's that's the end of it. And they just Which use is- like the movie database to pull in like the poster and stuff like that. Because you'll yeah. see like the poster for a lot of these movies is like not the actual it's just some like fan fan made poster or some shit it's like not the real one which is that's the the game changer with uh with letterbox for me is that you don't have to like look through these services anymore yeah because they yeah they partner with with uh just watch it's so much nicer now because that's the thing Tubi has stuff it's just are you gonna sit there and go through all of Tubi's God knows how many pages. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Let's talk about some of what we got going on on VOD this week. On the 6th, we have Embryo. Mm. Kevin and his girlfriend Evelyn are camping in the woods when she's abducted and impregnated by otherworldly beings. Oh, shit. For real? Yeah. The entity begins to grow at a rapid rate. Why is it that they oh, always gosh. they always grow at a rapid rate anytime that there's like an alien impregnation? Because the, they don't got time. You don't got time yeah, to wait nine time. months. You can't have 
a seven hour long movie called Embryo. I wish they would just get rid of that from from now on. Anytime there's an an alien that impregnates someone, that it lasts like a year or or a demon. You know, they do it with demons too. That would be interesting is to flip it and you get impregnated by aliens, but the, 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 the whole process actually takes like six years hmm. instead of nine months or, you know, whatever this one takes. Yeah. Just make it really long and you got to deal with that shit for like six years. But you get impregnated when you're like 30. So then there's like all of this concern about like, am I going to be healthy enough by the time, yeah. you know, I've come to term with this thing yeah (laughs) i like that idea we got running naked coming out this is love friendship and streaking there Mm -hmm. you go space dogs tropical adventure it's an animated movie on the ninth we have the last right new york new york based daniel murphy wakes on a flight to ireland to find elderly passenger padrag has died in the next seat okay uh, we also have Hollow Point. This looks like an action movie. It's a pretty generic action movie. We've got My True Fairy Tale. Terrific balance between mysterious and hopeful. Uh, held to survive, they must obey. Mm-hmm. Looks mm-hmm. like it's some mm-hmm. maybe a home invasion thriller. Yeah, it looks like uh, they're force, oh. forcibly trapped inside by an automated security system. And an isolated vacation rental. The old Airbnb. Yeah. Eh, might check it out. Why not? City of Lies comes out. This is with Johnny Depp and Forrest Whitaker. Mmm. No, yeah. thank you. Yeah, uh, that's that's pretty much it for VOD this week. As always, check on the calendar for the latest updates. Uh, sometimes these don't pop up until, like, you know, a day or two before they get released. <laughs> on... Blu-ray this week. We have Rollerball from 1975, Thundar the Barbarian, the complete series. What? Thundar? Some classic <laughs> Thundar, some classic 80s animation. I kind of miss huh. that that animation style. You know, like that kind of Hanna-Barbera. Mhm. I feel like everything now when you everything, everything is like that CalArts style now, which is fine, but you know, I want to go back to the old school days sometimes. Got a Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Nice. Yeah, I recommend that if you haven't seen that yet. The Killer Elite from 1975. Earwig and the Witch. That's the uh, Studio Ghibli one. That's the first CG ah. S- Studio Ghibli. Does not look good, man. Uh, unfortunately, I just... I didn't see the movie. I saw the trailer and with Ghibli, it's like you expect this level of quality. That's just above everything else. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just not seeing it with this. Like the CG does not look very good to me. Mm-mm. Could be wrong, but no. we got shadow in the cloud. That's the one with uh, Chloe Grace Moretz. Uh, I would recommend this. this is a pretty fun B movie. Tremors in 4k coming out. This is an arrow release. Obviously, <laughs> obviously recommend that. Canon. Yeah, we have Death Has Blue Eyes from 1976. That's also an Arrow release. There's a box set of Western classics coming out that mm. uh, includes three movies. 
these are these look like movies that uh, it, Kino is putting this out, so they're probably good. But it also at the same time looks like one of those DVDs that you'd pick up at Walgreens that that are, that come in like the little the thin cases, yeah. the little slim <laughs> DVD cases, and they're like all public domain. Yes. And uh, we have Sleepless from 2001. How high from 2001? Did you hear about DMX? I did. That's I some, saw that just before. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. I don't, I don't like it. Yeah. Don't like it. Uh, also, uh, Earwig and the, and the Witch is also getting a Steelbook edition, which looks really cool, but yeah, again, not sure about the movie itself. Tap Roots from 1948. The Delicious Little Devil from 1919. Ah. That is an old school. Uh, the Man in Search of His Murderer from 1931. The Reckoning from last year. Uh, let's see. Doors. This is a sci-fi movie that came out a couple weeks ago. Doesn't look very good. Um, the Last Days from 1998. Blast Fighter from 1984. Whoa. Blast Fighter. I like the name of that. Yeah. Oh man, it's a it's a uh, Lamberto Bava too. So it looks like a a Pulezzi movie. A former uh, policeman sets out to unleash violent vengeance upon deer poachers when they rape and what? kill his long lost daughter. Jesus Christ! There's a that took a turn. You said deer poachers, and I'm yeah. like, well, that's interesting. That's different. But then it just circles back to rape, as uh, usual. Yeah, uh, I might still give this one a look. Blast Fighter. Blast I love that fighter. title. What else is it called? Because I'm typing in Blast Fighter and I'm getting nothing. Um, oh, it's all one word. Okay. Yeah, it's one word. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Tiger. Jake Tiger Sharp. We got Little Miss Parker from 1980. It's mm, pretty much it. What about Criterions this week? Uh, zero. All right. Big, big old egg. Big, go- big goose egg, huh? All right. Oh, you say. All right. Okay. Well, there's still plenty of Blu-ray stuff to to check out there. I mean, Tremors. Tremors alone. Tremors. You got two different versions of Earwig and the Witch. <laughs> you got to pick both of those up. <laughs> got to compare compare them. <laughs> got to compare those those cases. Uh, all right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. Follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. And if you have a minute, consider giving us a review on iTunes. We'd appreciate that very much. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name's Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.